Good morning, everybody. We're GFBS. We're Graham Forks' best source, giving Graham Forks an identity again. Had a little mix-up on the show today. Uh, if you wanted to hear the kids' music, just wait till tomorrow. I mixed up on the calendar. I messed up. Kids' music with lifelong family music will be here tomorrow. But the show that was supposed to be, well, anyway, Coon and Crockett guys from Grand Forks are here. We'll explain more of that to you, and we'll be talking with those in just a couple of minutes. Those guys, your show today, by the way, brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, the place to go when you need an oil change fast. Basically, no wait time. They'll even change your oil while you sit in your vehicle, or maybe you want to do a little shopping. Go check all your fluids, your air filters, wiper blades, head and taillights, rotate your tires, your battery. They'll do tranny and coolant flushes, and you don't even need an appointment. Timely service will not slow you down while you sit in your vehicle. Mention Grand Fork's best source. They'll even give you a $7 additional savings on your oil change. And maybe you can't leave work and you live in Grand Forks. Hey, no problem. They'll come and get your car and uh, pick it up for you and do all the work. Locally owned and operated, open seven days a week and fast. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 3325 South 38th Street, or call 701-780-8462. But make sure you tell them Grand Forks' best source sent you. All right, uh, time now for our daily segment, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here's the joke of the day. What's the similarity between a bag of chips and a gun? What's the similarity between a bag of chips and a gun? When you pull one out in class, everybody wants to be your friend. Okay, there we go. Jokes my neighbor tells me. And normally Paul's here to uh, give me a bad, rude comment about that. But uh, <laughs> there you go. Thank you, neighbor. All right, uh, Coon and Crockett, I'd like to welcome, uh, let's see, we've got Bill, we've got Brad, we've got Fred. How are you guys all doing today? Beautiful. Good. Nice day. Great. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pan through the cameras here, and these guys are in full garb. Now, if somebody was looking at you, what time era would they think you are, are you from? 1840. 1840. End of the fur trade era. Okay, end of the fur trade era. And and you look like you're dressed exactly like a fur trader. Or a voyager. Or Yeah, a voyager. Yeah, that, that's probably a better way of putting it. About the same time frame? Yes. Yep. And uh, how about you? Uh, I don't normally dress up, but... Okay. <laughs> I found this stuff to wear. Yeah, well, <laughs> you guys are looking the part, that is for sure. Um, tell us a little bit about Coon and Crockett and the club, and, and how long have you guys been around? Since about 72. 72. And have you guys been members ever since? I have. You have? How about you guys? I started probably 79. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how about you? Uh, 86, I believe. Okay. Now, what got you guys into this i mean i've got an old uh muzzle loader um i've also got the new inline type but the, yeah i know i know but uh i did that because of a bad year of deer hunting one year but um the the one i've got the the actual old school one um it's actually just hanging above my fireplace i know it's a fully shootable gun i believe it was probably just a kit gun but how did you guys ever think that you wanted to go back in time when everything is so easy now or maybe that's the answer well, I was in the service, and when I got out, I went and visited a friend of mine that I had in the service, and he's from Colorado, and we went up in the mountains, and uh, he brought out a flintlock, and I shot that, and that was the end. That was it for me. How accurate are you with that thing? Oh, 100 yards, it's done. Really? Wow. That's better than my thirty-eight for sure. <laughs> um, can you lift the gun up? You guys can go ahead and lift those up, and let's take a look at those. Yeah, how much does that thing weigh? 
pounds. Ten pounds? Something you want to be lugging through the woods? This, partic- this one's a 58 caliber. 58 caliber. Now, if, if people that don't know much about guns, what are your typical calibers, or is that a typical caliber for a flintlock? Hunting, you would want 50 or bigger. Mm-hmm. And have you ever hunted with that gun? Well, yeah. Yeah? And you've been successful with that gun? Haven't missed yet. You haven't missed yet. How big of a hold is that thing? Put in an animal. A 58 caliber is a 570 diameter ball, which is a little over a half inch. Okay, so how many grams would that be? Or grains? Do you have any idea? Because, I mean, like, you know, me, I shoot a 270 deer hunting, 130 grain bullet. That thing's got to be, what, 250? It's over 300. Over 300. Wow. You almost got to lob that thing. And what have you got on this side? I've got a 50 caliber flintlock. Uh, a feller named Dale Hakey down in Fargo made this one. Wow, that is really cool. Now, you see, oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Boy, that would hurt. Cheapers. <laughs> well, you wouldn't feel a thing. No, probably not, depending on where he hit you. But One of our club members built this one. Those are really cool. And somebody in right around the area builds these things. Do they buy them as a kit and then build them, or they just they go all on their own? All on their own. Gary Hagnus up in Fordville makes these. Wow, wow. Now, I found out he had one for sale. I jumped all over it. So if you don't mind me asking, what would a beautiful gun like that cost? Well, the gun was free, but the hat cost me $900. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go if you're ever looking. Now, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's not funny. Um, when you look at, like, old movies, Civil War, things like that, um, you don't see in the, in the old movies like the Davy Crockett's and the things like that where they have got to hurry up. And, well, I guess Davy Crockett you did. But if you were in a pinch and you were firing rounds, how long would it take you guys to reload these things? Everything is lined up, I suppose, 35 seconds. That's not so bad. I, I mean, I have tried to do it on mine, just kind of goofing around to see after watching a movie, and I was pathetic. I mean, I, I couldn't do it. So when you guys get together, and you have got an event coming up, we'll talk about here in a little bit, but when you guys get together at an event, it's not just all about shooting your guns, uh, throwing your tomahawks, things like that. It's almost like stepping back into that time frame. I mean, there's pretty much a little bit of everything going on, if I, if I remember right. But tell us about a typical weekend when you guys have got an event going on. What all can people see? Well, we have percussion targets, flintlock targets, pistol, pistol targets, hawk and knife throws, breech loaders. Red's in charge of the breech loader. They shoot 275 yards with those. Wow. That's, that's probably better than I could do it by 270. And we have novelty events, different targets you shoot at. Mm-hmm. Shooting at pine cones stuck on stakes <laughs> and potatoes. and Potatoes. Oh, I bet you potatoes are kind of fun to shoot. Yeah, they explode when you hit them. <laughs> that would be kind of neat. Um, now, you are dressed as a voyager. Um, I, I think of it as back of the, the fur trader era. Um, you, you look like you should be just hopping out of a birch bark canoe to me. But do these guys at, at your events, are there people that do that kind of things? Um, you know, maybe the, uh, the fur guys, um, maybe um, also blacksmithing, wood carving, uh, any of that kind of stuff. Is, I mean, it's, it's basically like stepping back in time, isn't it? Some of the, 
When you when you get into the buckskin aspect of it, you, you make your own clothes and do beadwork and you make can't, all kinds. You can't of have things. anything that's after eighteen forty. Oh, okay. So how hard is it to get dressed up like you? Do you have to find somebody that can actually make this stuff? Or we make our own stuff. Okay, it's not something you're going to go buy on eBay. No. No, no. You could, but you'd pay through the nose for it. Right, right. Um, how about, like, uh, I, I happen to see Paul, the producer, I don't know where he went, but um, you guys have guys that do wood carvings and things like that, too, at yeah. these events? Right. Yeah, yeah. When you go to a national event, a High Plains National Rendezvous, I've been to a couple of Rocky Mountain National Rendezvous. They have seminars, you name it, they they make everything. Buckskinning, mm-hmm. brain tanning, arrow making, bow making, scrimshaw. Oh, wow. Life making, yeah. Um, I, I went to an event last year, um, kind of similar, but not really. The, was it the Chautauqua yeah. Festival over by Hewitt Park? And that was kind of like stepping back in time with, with some of the crafts and things they were making, too. And uh, I bet you this is a lot of fun. It is. It's yeah? A lot of family events. A lot of kids love it. It's laid back. It's, all, it's, it's geared towards family. Mm-hmm. No, I got three sons. They all shot it when they were little. They still shoot it now. They do, huh? And how many events do you guys usually go to a year? I mean, I know this year has been all messed up with the COVID deal, but are these easy to find around here? Do you usually got to travel quite a bit? Fargo has an annual shoot every year. Perm has an annual shoot. Bermidji has an annual shoot. So they're not that far away. No, no, no. And you guys try to hit most of these up if you can? Right. Yep. And there's usually a national shoot. Week High long. Plains Nationals, North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Nebraska. And they have a week-long event at each one of them. They oh. rotate every other year, which state they're in. Okay, now, when you go to these national events, um, say, for example, shooting, are there contests? Well. And how do you stack up against the national boys? Well, I went to a Rocky Mountain National, and there were 600 camps there. Wow. I took second. No kidding. So you're probably pretty well known around the country then. I was. Yeah? I haven't been shooting for a while. Yeah, yeah. How hard? Well, you live in the country. Yeah. So can you just shoot whenever you want at your property? Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of a plus. An edge. Yeah. Now, you guys are affiliated with the Grand Forks? East Grand Forks Rod and Gun Club. East Grand Forks Rod and Gun Club. Um, So it's got to be a pretty good partnership, I would think. And um, beautiful range. Yeah, it is. It's a really nice range. Now, you guys have got a big event coming up uh, this weekend. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, our shoot is a shooter's shoot. It's not necessarily a buckskinning shoot. Okay. Which means you can come in your blue jeans if you want and take shoot with all the targets. We even allow, uh, what's that word they use? Spectators inline. Oh, oh the well, inline. Yeah, we say haven't that. had too many takers. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, well, if you do an inline, you can't. And there's no scopes allowed. Mm-hmm. And you have to shoot a maxi ball or a round ball. And they and usually have to shoot offhand. What? No leg on the on the bench. You have to stand up and shoot. That's oh, okay. Shoot. Nothing. Nothing. No leaning. No. No stands or well, you know sticks. Use, sometimes you use cross sticks. Right. Right. Depending on the target we have, yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you how I ended up getting my inline gun. It was, um, uh, I'm a navid deer hunter. 
I'm one of those guys. I, it doesn't matter to me if I fill my tag because we, you know we're in Minnesota. We can party hunt, so I always end up with plenty of venison. But if if I don't fill my tag, I'm okay with that. I can usually have fifty to a hundred opportunities every season to shoot a deer. I'm kind of picky. I want the biggest buck I can for the first week, and when it comes down to the last two days, then I will go for like a yearling, something that's good table fare. Well, I came home the one year and I didn't fill my tag that year. So I get up the morning after deer hunting and standing outside my bedroom window, which I can shoot where I live, two 10-point bucks and a 12-point buck. And they were just standing there looking at me. And I said, you know what? That's it. I'm going to buy a muzzle loader. I bought a muzzle loader. This probably was four years ago. And I have still yet to even fire around in it. But it kind of looks okay in my gun cabinet. <laughs> but there's my story on, on my muzzle loading career, which is basically nothing. Bring it to the shoot. What's that? Bring it to the shoot. I, you know, I Sunday might be a good idea. I know I can't on Saturday, but um, what caliber is it? Uh, I think it's a fifty. Um, yep, yep, pretty sure it's a fifty. Um, and I don't think we can. I don't think we can use scopes in Minnesota on muzzle loaders. I think maybe you can in yeah, North Dakota. Can. Yes, oh, they can. Oh, they can now. Okay, because when I ordered mine, I had a heck of a time because they all came with scopes, and at that time, I don't think you could use a scope in Minnesota. Okay. Can't in North Dakota, but you can in Minnesota. Okay, okay, I had a mixed up then. Um, so a North Dakota muzzleloading tag is next to impossible. Oh, is that right? So if you draw a tag during rifle season, that's when I use my muzzleloading. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's so different, Minnesota to North Dakota. I mean, when I'm getting ready to go to my hunting cabin Friday before deer hunting, I stop into Cabela's, I buy my tag. It takes about three minutes. And then, depending on how the winter went and everything, like I'm guessing this year now, I will probably be able to get three bonus tags that you can buy after the season, and they're like 14 bucks a piece for those. So it, it's just so much different from Minnesota to North Dakota when it comes to that. Do you guys apply for deer tags? Do you all deer hunt? Yeah. yeah. And what has your success rate been as uh, the last few years with applying for tags? Didn't get one last year. Yeah? How about rifle, this year? Regular rifle, I'm on... I didn't get one the last three years. I didn't get one this year. Muzzle loader is a seven, eight year wait. Wow. Why is it such a wait? Numbers are down. It well, just. Well, <clears throat> the killer was the inliners, actually. Yeah, okay, okay. You think they should maybe. We had the old rules you had to use a swing hammer, outside mm-hmm. hammer. Mm hmm. And then the night rifle got involved with the politics. And... Oh, yeah, yep. And, uh,. Do you think that they should maybe consider having two different muzzle-loading seasons? I mean, why not? Then again, trying to get the state of North Dakota to do anything like that would be like, ooh, an act of God, I would imagine. Right. Unless you got money. Unless you got money. Yeah. And uh, you guys are dressed like you probably did okay back in the 1840s. <laughs> I think maybe the glasses have changed a little bit. Maybe the glasses have changed. Um. I, I, I want to know about who's the one they, they call Two Moons. Let it be me. And, and how, Brad, did you get the name Two Moons? Well, it was back in the 94 High Plains down at Washburn, North Dakota, the High Plains Rendezvous, and it was beastly hot all the time, and <clears throat> everyone was running around and just their breed, well... <laughs> 
most people, <clears throat> most of the guys were running around in their breech claws, and mm-hmm. that's what I was using to swim in, and, and it's... Uh, oh. <laughs> When the, they're, they're made out of wool, and when wool gets wet, it gets pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. The yeah. belt I was wearing uh, wasn't quite strong enough to hold it, and it kind of ripped, so I was pretty much naked. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it when I kind of let out a yelp and bent, out, or bent over to grab the thing, and my wife and the club president's <laughs> wife were sitting on a log, and they looked over at me, and I was mooning them. So I'm guessing if you were facing the other directions, the name uh, Two Moons probably would have been changed to something else. I would imagine. <laughs> That's a hilarious a lot of those story. Rendezvous, they look for people who they can give a name to. Mm-hmm. Well, so see, you're actually christened the name once. Right. Everybody had nicknames back then. What, what's your nickname, Bill? Slow Elk. Slow Elk. All right. And what about you? Oh, I don't think they, these guys gave We haven't that christened name. him yet. Oh, you haven't we're christened waiting, him. We're waiting for that moment. The railroad <laughs> used to call me Fast Freddy. Fast Freddy. You old railroad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BN or? Wow. Wow. We, um, I, I come from. Okay. I come from a railroad family of the Sioux line back in my hometown. But, uh, wow, that is interesting. Now, if somebody wants to get out and take part in this, uh, maybe just spectate, find out what you guys are all about, why don't you let the people know where this shoot will be this weekend, and, and how to get there. 220 North on East Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. Go north until you see a sign that says muzzleloader shoot, and then you head west three miles, there's the range. And what time is this going to get rolling? Probably 8 o'clock Saturday morning. And yeah, it goes... You can sign up at 8 o'clock, and the shooting starts at 9. Okay, and goes how long? Until no, whenever? 4 o'clock Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday we shoot from 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and then we'll knock off about 12 or 1. Depends how the shooters are doing. Yep, yep. We try to let everybody get all their shooting in. Mm-hmm, sure. Now, when you guys are done with this, at the end of the day, when, when the firearms and, and the tomahawks are all put away, do you, like, often, you know, embellish in, like, homemade, you know, I grew up on my great-grandmother's choke cherry and dandelion wine, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Do you guys, are there anybody that, that messes around with that stuff? Of course I'm going to bring up alcohol. That's just well, me. Well, uh, the Fargo Club has a couple of winemakers in there. And some of them show up at our shoot. Just depends on mm-hmm. This year might be different, of course. Yeah. How many members have you guys got in the uh, Coon and Crockett Club? Do you have any idea? 20, 22. Yeah, we used to be in the hundreds. Now we're down to... And, and what, what, what is the cause of that? People just getting lazy? Uh, maybe the older guys, the, the younger generation? I mean, let's face it, the generations are changing a lot. Um, the younger people aren't doing the things that we used to do and still do. And, and do you think that maybe has something to do with it? Or, or why is it changing like that? I don't know. Maybe they're not getting out and involved anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I took my grandson, who just turned 13, on a first rendezvous last year. Oh, yeah, he's hooked. Oh, yeah. You know, and now everybody can just get a Wii and get one of those little fake guns and shoot deer on TV, and I suppose, oh, that's good enough for them. But, uh, no, this is cool. I mean, you guys are stepping back over 100 years, and it's the way life was. It, 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 there was no TVs. You didn't hop in your car and drive wherever you wanted to go. If you wanted to eat, you went and shot it. So this is pretty cool. You don't have to listen to your cell phone or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Oh, boy. I couldn't imagine life without a cell phone again. 
Oh, we had them up when you were back there. Yeah. Um, can can he pick it up? Yeah. If I can lift it. Which camera are you want? It's only ten pounds, Paul. You can lift it. <laughs> Why don't you go to uh, camera two? Yep, we're on camera two. So that gun's got to be, do you have any idea how long it is? It's over five feet, got to be. 66, I think. Okay. And they're, and they're so unique. Now, back then, I suppose all of these guns were pretty much handmade. I mean, were there companies that were kicking these out in mass production? They were pretty much handmade. There were yeah. plenty of gunsmiths back then, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way people lived. Do you guys have uh, the old school gunsmiths that show up at some of these events too? I mean, when you have the whole deal, you're pointing at him? The gentleman that made his rifle. Oh, okay. Still makes them. Right. Wow, does he just and have Gary a... Gary sh- Hagnes, I don't know if he quit making them, but he's, he's still an active club member. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, what's the funnest event you guys have ever been to? What 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 is one event you wish you could make every single year? Rocky Mountain Nationals. Yeah, and that's where is that one at? It's in different locations. Okay. It's usually at an old rendezvous site, like at the headwaters of the Powder River or the Green River in Montana and Wyoming. So are these events usually these big events like that, not just the shoots at at, at like a gun club? Are they usually around water? Because water basically oh, yeah. was life back in this time frame. I mean all towns, cities, they either revolved around water first and then probably the railroad second. So I would imagine they're almost always around water. Usually, yeah. Yeah, and does anybody ever bring, like, the old school birch bark canoes or any of that stuff with, too? They actually have competitions where they make uh, what they call bow boats. Yep, yep. They make them out of fresh hides. Oh, wow. So you basically just... You, they stink, let me tell you. Oh, I bet you they do. <laughs> I bet you they do. So they just make a frame, basically, with, with your sticks or whatever going across and then and then how do they get the hides to not leak where two hides would meet it's just one hide you use like a cow hide they used to make them out of okay uh, these are the little round ones then okay okay now now i was thinking of a full-size canoe i'm like well that's got all the fixings for a bunch of leaks there's some guys that make those too yeah and you still see them once in a while um you know, now everybody's using the Kevlar canoes, and they weigh like 24 pounds, and you can almost see through them, but that's still not the same. I mean, I think what you guys are doing is, is really cool, and I, I would really like to come and check it out. Um, has the coronavirus affected your guys' club this year, or really not that bad? We held off of meetings for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever get together when, when it's not a club event and just get a couple of guys and, and go shoot? Pretty tough to do nowadays. Yeah, we do. We go to the ranch and shoot. Yeah, yeah. And do you guys, do you live in town or in the country? I live in town. Okay, and how about you? Yeah, I live in town. Okay, so you're the only one that could just shoot right off the front steps then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go out to Bill's place. Sure. Yeah, and um, do you ever use this thing to kill, like, skunks, coyotes, critters around your house? It does to gophers. Oh, boy. I... I <laughs> They can't take the pressure. That, <laughs> that almost sounds like a challenge to me, Bill. <laughs> I'm going to have to come out there and check this out one day. Uh, again, uh, your, your event is this weekend, 
And again, just go north on 220. Yeah, when you're going north, we have a sign out on the highway, but if you hit mile marker 36, it's another mile. Okay. Left. Now, will, will anybody be out there Friday night getting stuff ready? Yeah, we are. So if somebody, random person, was to go, hey, I, I heard all about this, could they just come out there and check it out and see you guys set up and maybe talk to you? And maybe that'll be the deciding factor if they want to come back over the weekend. And we sure. usually let them shoot a gun or two just to get the feel. Well, they won't Whoa. be shooting Friday night because the range will be closed. Yeah. Okay. The range will be closed because we're setting up Friday night. Okay, now a gun like that, um, you said, how, what, what caliber is that? 58. 58 caliber. How would that kick compared to, like, my 270? Muzzle loaders don't have a big kick at all. Okay. It's more of a push. More of a push. Not, all right. Not a sharp crack. But just a... Depends how much powder you put in it. Oh, I suppose. And another thing, now, when you pull the trigger on that, is there, like, a little bit of a delay before it goes off? Flintlocks, yeah, they are, they're kind of nicknamed Flinch locks. Okay. Flint, oh, oh, because of the delay. You usually flinch before it actually goes off. But if they're loaded right, they don't have any delay. Mm-hmm. And if the humidity's down. I, I, I would imagine humidity means a lot. Yeah. I mean, last week, I'm guessing, it would have been a horrible day to be out shooting. All right, what, what do we got? Okay. Now, you know, you're going to show us how you load, load something here, or, or what is this? Yeah, we got the, okay, we got the camera on you. This is a, this holds, what, 40 grains of powder? And all you do to fill this is you, it's full of powder. It isn't powder now, but you hold, hold your finger over that, you press the valve, and when you release it, it holds that much gunpowder you dump in your barrel. Okay. Whereas this one, if you need to give it a little more snooze. Oh, that looks like a lot more snooze to me. Actually, yeah, it is. <laughs> 82 grains. Okay. You double your powder charge. Yep. Which for this rifle would be more normal. Mm-hmm. This is a plains rifle, and it's got a slow twist. It's made for a lot of powder with a ball. Okay. This would have been what the guys of the 1840s would have wanted. Sure. Be a 50 caliber Hawking. Yep, yep. Or a plains rifle. Okay. Very popular. But it was made to load anywhere from about 50 grains to 120 Okay. So, 20 was loaded for bear. Oh, all right. Okay, is that kind of a similar thing? That that puts yeah, the you, amount you of powder in? hunting load powder measure in there, and you wear it around your neck. Okay. So you go right from the horn to... All right. Okay. In there, and that way you can load faster if you have... Sure. Now, powder goes in first. Is that right? Right. And then, and then what else is involved? Because you don't just put powder in there and then just drop well, a ball in. You, there's more to it. Patch across there. Mm-hmm. You set your bullet on top of that, your own ball. Mm-hmm. And you use a ball starter. If I can find it. Now, why, what does the patch do? Okay. It seals between the barrel and the rifling so you don't have any gas. Not only that, you okay. put a lubricant on the patch so that it... Coats the barrel, and the okay. black powder soot is less likely to fall. Okay. But you set this on top of the ball and patch, and you drive it in because it's a really tight fit. Yep, yep. Once you've got it down that far, you pull out your ramrod, and you let it rip. And once it's stuck and can't go any further, you know you're good. It's, it's got to go all the way down. If it doesn't seat on the powder, it becomes a bore obstruction. You can blow the barrel up. I was going to say, that would be, yeah. But it's got to be all the way down. You can tell. Okay, so back in the 1840s, when you said you... mark your ramrod, too, so you can 
Oh, so then you know when it's bottomed out. If you got an everyday load, yeah. Yep. Okay, so now you mentioned um, the patch after the gunpowder goes in, and you said the patch was lubricated back in the 1840s. All right, what did they use to for lubrication back then? Spit works really well. I was going to say, it's probably spit. Bear grease. Bear grease. Bear grease. Wow. Bear so grease the, is really big. Okay, so then you got a little hanging container on your belt that's got a little bit of bear grease. A and lot just, of times your patch box, some of them have a little little round patch box on them. And that's made just for the lubricant. Okay. So you take your fingers and you wind it into your patch. And then pretty soon you got bear grease all over. And a lot of times guys will have a bunch of them in their patch box. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a patch box. Sure. Now, how hard is it? Um, we all know when it comes to rifles, shotguns, weapons, uh, cleaning is a must. How hard is it to, to take care of these guns? It's a must. It, um, it is a must. I mean, to. those barrels, it, it's not like a regular rifle barrel well, now. It's very corrosive. Very so. corrosive. Oh, okay. Okay. Clean it right away. Yep. Um, have you ever had a bad experience with one? Ever, ever had one blow up or anything like that? No. Nope. nope. So it's, it's a great safe hobby, isn't it? It is. And uh, another nice thing is, is you don't have any of these anti-whatevers banging on your door saying you got to get rid of that because it's um, an assault weapon. <laughs> I mean, it's just good old pure fun. There are, it nobody, is nobody fun. robs a bank with these. Well, no, <laughs> pretty hard to conceal one of those. Yeah. Uh, did anybody give you guys any looks when you walked into the mall here? Not really. No. <laughs> there weren't many people out. No, it, it's been a little bit quiet here the last couple of days, but um, I suppose they figured you were either going next door to uh, the brothers over there or else coming on to the GFBS show because, uh, well, I got to admit, you guys are probably the best dressed we've had. <laughs> and uh, you're not even wearing any Crocs either, which is nice. We used to have a trade fair right in the building down where that church is now. Oh, okay. So what, would, what, what do you mean a trade fair? Kind of like a swap meet for what you guys do? Yeah, it's all muzzleloading stuff. Yeah, do they do that anymore anywhere? Small ones. Fargo has a small one every year. Yeah, and and do you usually go there and and find some good buys, or are you just always on the lookout for that? Oh, we always go there to visit. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, sure. But there's some good buys. If you're looking for something specific, you won't find anywhere else. How many guns do you own like this? Can I say on the radio? I don't care. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I know you're, you're... More than enough. Okay, okay. And are they all hand-built like this one? Or yeah. have you built any yourself? I know you yeah. can buy the kits and things. I bought a kit when I was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. It was a Thompson Center. Yep, yep. And uh, do you shoot it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it shoots okay? Because mine, I, I know, was a kit. That, one. that was before they came out with the inline stuff. So mm-hmm. you could get a license every year then. Oh, Okay. And and another thing cool about these guns is they've actually got like compartments in them, and that's something that guns you buy nowadays don't have. If you want to put the sock over it to put your extra bullets in or whatever, but what would be in like that little trap door on that thing right there? You got cleaning jigs in there. Oh, okay. And after every shot, you want to run one of those through there, or yeah, every few cleaning patches. I don't. I shoot all day, and then I clean when I'm done. Okay. If you get a stuck ball, There's, you can pull it out. Oh, so that actually screws into the ball and pulls it out? Is that how that works? Some guys forget to put powder in, and that's a problem. <laughs> I bet. 
How the heck would you get it out of there? Oh, well, in competition, some competitions are timed. Oh, sure. You got to go. And if you're literally talking to the guy next to you and you forget what you're doing. <laughs> I usually have a, a ball puller on the range because it happens. And, and, and is that what it does? It actually screw into the ball? It, yeah. You fit on the end of your rod, you drive it in, you turn the screw in, and you yank them out. Yeah, because lead's not, I mean, it's hard, but it's not that hard. You can, you can put a screw in lead. And, it's a two-man job. Oh, I bet. I bet. These shoot pure lead. Uh-huh. And it's if you drop it, you got a dent in it. Okay. Now, do you guys make your own balls? Uh, yeah. Can you buy them? Or I would imagine... We, you know, we make them. Okay, because now it seems like, you know, everybody's anti-lead now, too, because of lead poisoning with, with Upland Game and Waterfall and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, there there's none of this copper stuff. There's none of this plastic-coated stuff. It's all lead. And are everything you shoot, are they balls, or do you get the bullet style too? Well, it depends on the rifling of the gun you use. His can shoot both. This is only a round ball. Mm-hmm. This is a ball gun. Because I, of it. I have other ones that aren't. Okay. On the twist. This is, has a one and 60 inch twist. This is made for round ball. Okay. Okay. You can shoot a conical, but this one is a ball gun. Okay. And in the 1840s, was that all there was was ball guns, or could you get the rifle balls too? No, well, there was maxi balls back then. Okay. Which is a conical type mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead of a patch, they, they had grease grooves in them. Okay. And you just filled the grooves up with grease. And, wow. And they were in a loading block, they call them. They're all pre-greased and ready to go. You just pop one in and ram it down. You can do that with these, too. You get a loading block. It's got your holes pre-drilled in there, and you patch and lube them, stick them in there. So when you're in a hurry, you can just pull the loading block in. Hmm. There's all kinds of tricks with these. I bet. I bet. The more you do it, the more you learn. Yeah. Um, It's amazing how many tricks there are. I want to talk about the tomahawk. I I called it an axe earlier, and and you you, uh, straightened me out. Um, How proficient are you with that thing? I do pretty good. Yeah? Do you you, um, go into competitions and stuff with it when you're at some of these events? Uh, we, have, we have an event. That I've seen to. them stick one in a lot block blindfolded. Really? Yeah, I was pretty lucky. I think. <laughs> he's more accurate if he's blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in a a trail on a trail walk. It was a competition. Like you have four people, and you you they give you a scenario when they. <clears throat> I, uh, instead of going around. Uh, grave Indian burial site we went through it and somebody touched something so then we had to have a fight with the Indians okay and I ended up blinded from it what oh they have is a bag of beads okay there's a guy that goes with you uh-huh and you reach in and you pull out a bead and depending on what color it is tells you what happened your leg broke oh you got blinded or you lose your rifle and it just and you know back in the 1840s if something like this happens to you you're pretty much screwed. I mean, you could be out there, a voyager. You could be out in the plains, and you could break a leg. You could run into hostels, you, whatever, but you definitely are on your own, and there's there's nobody to call. You don't pick up your cell phone and say, hey, I need some help. We weren't allowed to leave them there, so we had to take them with. <laughs> well, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> What's the difference between that? You see now um, axe throwing, indoor axe throwing is the new, it's one of the new big things. In fact, there's a place in Grand Forks you can do it now. 
I have never been there. I don't know what the difference is between what they call an axe and what you call a tomahawk. But have you ever been to any of these things and, and, and seen how they're doing it nowadays? No, I've, I have. This is the first I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think Northern Air actually the the bouncy trampoline place over on Thirty Second. Yeah, I think they've got one now, and and I've heard a lot about it. I heard it's fun, but boy, that it, it's kind of like taking over around the whole country now the, the axe throwing thing. But I'm guessing it's a lot different. You make your own tomahawk? Oh no, I haven't. This this here one, one of the guys in the club made it. Mm-hmm. I know a guy that's uh, very skilled that makes stuff like this that's very similar. In fact, he's done some work for me, but uh, not a tomahawk. That That is really cool. Uh, you guys, this has been awesome. I mean, I could sit and talk to you guys all day about this stuff, uh, but we want to get some people out to the shoot this weekend, and again, it's out uh, where? 220 North. Okay, and it's at the East, East, Grand, Forks. East Grand Forks Rod and Gun Club. Is that what they call it? And uh, it starts about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Saturday morning, both mornings. If you guys want to learn what life was like and, and, and how things were done back in the, the mid-1800s, uh, I recommend going to this. It, it's, what, about a five-minute drive, maybe from East Grand Forks? All of that, probably 20 minutes. Yeah, So and, and what a fun time. Um, I, hope, I hope a lot of people show up. It, it sounds like a good time. And um, next time, when you guys have got something going on, we want you to come back. And next time, I won't mess up on the scheduling, I promise. All right? Uh, again, Bill, Brad, and Fred, thank you all. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we let you go? You guys aren't the most talkative fellas. <laughs> we get any comments or calls? or Take a look and see if anybody's got any questions for you guys here. I did once. Uh, 701-213-0863 if anybody's got a question for these guys before we cut them loose. Are you guys all retired or do you still work? We're retired. Yeah, all three. Yeah, all three. And I was going to say it, it's not often where you can get all three guys to come in on a on a Tuesday, uh, so that's good. It gives you more time to uh, you especially heal up. How's that coming along? Good. Good. Con- good. Considering what they did, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, how long until you get back on a motorcycle? Or is that a sore subject? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're keeping good thoughts for you, man. Heal up. No comments or questions. Bunch of people watching. Okay. Um. Oh, wait. Did we have any pictures before, or did we not? I know we kind of looked around. Let's just see. Okay, we'll go here for a second. Kind of surprised you with this one, I know. Okay. That's a wood carving. Is that a local that did that? Yeah. Okay. He makes rifles too, by the way. Oh, really? Who's that? Neil Martin. Oh. Doc Martin. All right. There's a couple of. Would you consider both of those tomahawks? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Is that a real fox or a hat? I can't tell from here. My eyes are going. Well, that's neat. Go down to that bottom right one, that right there. Kind of similar to almost how you're dressed. Looks like the Voyager look. I got to get some bigger glasses. Well, not bigger, but stronger. Mm. 
Oh, there you go. Cool stuff. Made that rifle he's holding. Yeah, some of the high plains they have like fashion shows where they got voyagers and Indian uh, Native Americans mm-hmm. and a, a whole fashion show. <clears throat> yeah, that, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, a little different. I'm guessing it's got to be quite the art to be able to make some of this stuff. So why not show it off? You know. Oh, cool stuff. All right. Hey, fellas, again, thank you for coming in. Coon and Crockett Club in Grand Forks. Do you guys have a website, phone number, anything? If uh, anybody is interested in joining up with you guys? What is that number? We have a, we have a phone number, but I don't remember. What well, it it's on the website. Okay. It's on the website, okay. Just Coon and Crockett website or Coon and Crockett Grand Forks. I know we found it, so it can't be too tough to find. Again, a uh, big shoot this weekend, guys. Uh, guys and girls, if you want to go check that out. Uh, and again, fellas from Coon and Crockett Club, uh, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, I, I love this kind of stuff. Um, I always like to think I learned something new every day on this show, and, and I did today too. Um, you know, I thought I knew my way around firearms and stuff, but uh, obviously I do not. Oh, boy, there we go. Uh, folks, we would like you to become a Podbean Premium subscriber. Chance for you to win some great prizes and giveaways. It's easy to do, and it's cheap. It's about the cost of a burger. Five bucks, all right? Just go to your Play Store, download Podbean, search GFBS, hit follow and buy premium, and you are all set. Our show today, again, brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. If you're looking for an oil change and you're looking for one, like, really fast, well, there's basically no wait time. Don't even have to call them up. Timely service will not slow you down. No appointment needed. You can sit in your vehicle while they change your oil. And make sure you mention GFPS. Save another 7 bucks in your oil change. And if you live in Grand Forks, they'll come and pick your vehicle up for you. They are locally owned. They are open seven days a week. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. They're on 38th Street or call 701-780-8462. Make sure you tell them Grand Forks Best Source sent you. All right, now that I got things figured out again, tomorrow, kids music. There we go with Lifelong Family Music. So please, like us, share us, and tag us. We're Grand Forks' best source, giving Grand Forks an identity again.